And this is so, so relevant for us, I believe. Just pray for him. The Bible says this, 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 5. But if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part, that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment which was inflicted of many, so that contrawise you ought to rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one, one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you, whether you be obedient in all things. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave it I in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. I'm glad to be in this place tonight, Lord. And I just, I need you, Lord. I need your touch. I need your unction. I've been praying for it, God. I, I desire it, Lord. I need it. Help me to effectively communicate the word of God. I pray that this message, Lord, will be help, Lord, to our people. Help in this day. I'm preaching to this church, Lord. You've sent it here. I, I pray it'll be a help to them. Help us to heed it, Lord. Help us to hold on to it, God. We want to protect the things you've given us. I don't want to take for granted your blessings and your goodness, Lord, in this place. And I pray you'll help us, God, to understand that there's danger out there, Lord, but you've given us something that we can stay with the truth and it'll help us, Lord. We love you and we appreciate you. If someone's lost in here today, Lord, I pray they get born again. The gospel's went out, but, Lord, I'm thankful that you died on the cross for our sins, Lord. I'm thankful that you rose again on the third day, and I'm thankful you'll go with us to the very end. And, Lord, we love you and appreciate you. Help us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to preach on this thought out of verse 11. Don't be ignorant of your devices. Stay with me. We'll get there. In verses 5 through 10 in this chapter, Paul is speaking about grief in the church that was caused by sin. Okay, I'm going to get down to this verse. And some believe that this was an incident that was addressed back in 1 Corinthians or it was some unknown individual that was uh, challenging Paul's authority at Corinth. Either one, but here's what we find. The church disciplined this individual. Church discipline is a biblical thing, by the way, okay? They, they, they disciplined this individual and following the individual repented of their sin and the church, notice this, was to forgive him or forgive them and to receive them. Okay, And what we see here is in the midst of this is Paul was trying to teach them every step. There was a problem that happened. And, and can I say something? And every step, the devil's looking to find a window of opportunity. Listen, he's looking to get in. Now, the, the person did whatever they did, and the church went by the, they went by the scriptures, they went by the authority, and they, they uh, disciplined the way they should. And the individual, he repented. And let me say something. And Paul was trying to teach him, you better forgive him and receive him back in, because if not, the devil can come in. And that's what he's talking about here. He said the devil is looking uh, for an opportunity. Notice verse 11. Lest Satan should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, listen this word advantage, it means superiority or prevalence over. You look it up in the Greek, adds a little bit more to it. It means seeking to get more. And, and Satan was looking to get advantage in the church. He was looking to get into a situation and lock her down. That's what he was trying to do, cause problems. And, and we notice here, let me say something to you. First thing, let's stop right here and say this. Looking, he's looking for an advantage. He can and he will, and he's looking to do it right here at Roxalana Gospel Tabernacle. That's the first thing. 
Second thing, I believe he's looking for, for an advantage in your life. He's looking for the place he can get in. He's looking for the place. Now, here's what Paul's telling us. Paul says, don't be ignorant. That's not a slander or an unkind word. It literally means without knowledge. Paul's saying, uh, he's saying that, that we, should, we should not be ignorant. We should not be without knowledge. Can I say something to you? We are in spiritual warfare. It would behoove us to go to the book that tells us how to live spiritually. You can't live spiritually unless you live scripturally. You see that? But we don't have to be in a battle. We may not know all the things that's going on, but we got a book to guide us every step of the way and a God in heaven that'll help us. And, and think about this for a second. Devices here, it means that which is formed by design. A strategy, a scheme. Uh, the Greek denotes something that is thought out. And, and that word, it pictures a planning, a strategy. Uh, we can see the devil is planning, strategizing how to get advantage in this church and how to get advantage in the life of the believer. He, he's not just, uh, based on what we know from what the scripture tells, he's not just uh, throwing stones. He's got a plan. I mean, you think about it in our lives. I, I think about this all the time. You have these pro coaches and things like that. You, you realize that they'll go in more than we will for, for a football game. They'll start at 5, 6 in the morning and go the late in the evening. All they're doing is trying to get a sheen. What's the best offensive thing? Trying to put the X's and O's together and all these kinds of things. Let me say something to you. Satan has had some at least 6,000 years of working on people. Can I say something to you? We ain't changed by the way. And listen, he's looking for every opportunity, planning out every opportunity that he can get his foot in here and tear some things up and wreck some havoc. And he'll do it in your life. And I want you to think about this for a second. He's planning, he's strategizing to get advantage. And, and I want you to notice the primary place the devil is using his devices is our minds. Here's the battlefield. Here's what we're going to deal with. Here's the place that you and I are going to face every day. And this is where I want to take this. Now, I'm going to uh, lift, I'm going to use this tonight. I'm doing no harm to the text because I believe it's as relevant as relevant can be. But I started thinking about our mind. And let's be real honest tonight. 2022. We know a true thing about devices. There's that definition I've already given you. But then if I, you just Google what a device is, you'll find an additional Definition. This is the 2022 definition. And think about this for a second. A thing or made adapted for a particular purpose, especially a piece of mechanical or electronic equipment. A device is something you and I are familiar with. Electronic devices, safety devices. Uh, you say, what's a device? Well, you pretty much everything we have is a device. You can plug it in as some sort of device. We use them professionally, leisurely, but let me say something to you. We better use them carefully. Now, here's where, here's where my message is. Don't worry. This is old. I brought mine so I didn't drop my real one. It don't work, so you can call it. It ain't going to ring. The devil can't even ring this thing in right now. I think the battery's dead. It won't turn on. Every Sunday, normally when I get out of church, phone, it's in the car, it'll say how many hours a day this device was open. 
Now listen, there's not one of these on your TV. So you say, well, I don't have a phone. Let me say something to you. Do you have a TV? Do you have a radio? Do you have a computer? Do you have an iPad? Let me say something to you. You better not be ignorant of your device. I want to tell you this right now. The devil, the greatest, one of the greatest devices of the devil for this day is to use our own devices against us. Let me say something to you. For all the time, and I'm going to show you some scriptures with this, but I want you to stay here for a second. If we're watching whatever we give the average of how many hours we're on our phone, uh, we're on our TVs, we're on our radios, or we're on our computers, can I say something to you? We're opening, we have some gates open. You got the eye gate, things you read, things you see. You got the ear gate, things you hear, what you're listening to. Let me say something to you. You say, well, well here, let me, let me say this to you. Don't make this statement because I got Bible to show you that you're wrong. Don't say, well, I can just listen to whatever and I'll be fine. No, 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 no. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Be not deceived. What, what I just said was, don't, don't deceive yourself. Evil communications corrupt good manners. We're connected. Listen to me. I'm not preaching against phone. I'm not preaching against TV. Although Lester Roloff did 50, 60, 70 years ago. He was pretty spot on the things he said. I mean, listen, it hadn't brought, the TV has not brought us a greater, in a way, it's actually probably done more damage in these days to Christianity and getting the gospel out because the wrong ones are on there. But, but anyways, I'm not preaching against it. I have a phone. I use it. I bank with it. I do all kinds of things. It's got a wonder. I love in, or when Courtney and Sis, when they take Micah to school and they get up and Sis calls me for something. And I can say, I mean, my kids don't even know what it's like to not see the picture on the phone. Like that weirds them out when they call Mama and they're like, look, and it's just a black screen. I said, Mama don't have that. I can't, they couldn't imagine if it was hooked into a wall. I mean, I remember having to go pick it up. My dad would here. My dad here. Here, will you come pick a phone up for me? You know, just bring it over that 20-foot long cord on it. That's another device, by the way. I mean, but think about this. We have all kinds of wonderful uses for the device we have. But we constantly have a gate open where things can get in. Constantly have a, a gate, an opportunity. And listen, let me say something to you. That's what the devil's looking for. He's looking for an opportunity. I'm not preaching against the phone. I'm not preaching against the TV. Listen to me. If you're on there doing something sinful, listen to me. You need to repent and get right with God. Okay? That's not my message. And I don't say, well, he's preaching on things. And I know I'm going to tell you, I'm going to preach some wisdom about how to use the things you got. There can be some blessings from being able to call somebody, to text somebody. I mean, aren't you glad? I don't have to write, you don't have to write me a letter because I wouldn't be able to read it if I got it from you anyways. But instead of texting... And you couldn't read mine, so it's vice versa. Need a Rosetta Stone to read our notes. There's a lot of good things that we can use for that. But let me say something. You say, well, preacher, I'm older. I don't use all those things. Listen to me. If you're in front of a TV, if you're watching any type of thing like that, there's gates open. And something's coming in. And the devil's looking to get in and tail on that. And I got, some, I got a weird outline tonight. I got three points in one point. I'm literally going to preach them all one thing. But here's what I want to say to you. 
If we're not cautious and careful, Christians, we can allow Satan to get advantage of us in our devices, at least in these three ways. First, he can get advantage of us and cause us and tempt us to sin. Let me say something to you. One wrong click can ruin a life. I'm talking about the danger in this. One wrong click. It just took one drink, one smoke, just one look. Ask Lot's wife. There's a danger in just one look. See that through the Bible. Don't you think Satan's going to tempt you? I mean, for all the internet is, it's amazing that we can be connected all over the world. But there's access to things in there, and I'm talking about, think about it this way, with all of the social media, it's good that we can uh, talk to one another. And I mean, you know, the elements or the avenues of communications are, are broader than they've ever been. But think this about this. You can be tempted to sin and get on there and get mad and start posting on Facebook on someone's comment. Can I say something to you? Whatever you post is just like what you say. There, let me say something to you. There's a lot of, social media has given everybody opinion. I don't think that's good, but it has. And there's all kinds of things out there, but let me say something. The devil tempts you to get pulled right into something. Pulled right into something you should never be in. I believe with all my heart, if we're not careful with our devices, we ought to be careful. I mean, how do y'all handle a baby? Listen, I don't, I mean, I do now. But I remember when they handed me Micah. And I mean, I'm like, where's the seatbelt? I mean, I was everything. You know what I'm talking about. I ain't never held a baby. And I mean, and then, it, then it, how to hold him? I mean, Courtney, y'all pray for her. She left me home for six months at night with a baby. I mean, I had no experience. But here's what I was. I was probably overly careful. And I wanted to be because I didn't want to bring any damage to the little thing. Because I loved him. We ought to bring that same sort of carefulness into what comes in the gates. Don't think you're a mature enough Christian. Don't think you've been in the race long enough and have done enough that the devil can't get his way in. When you think you stand, lest you fall. One, I believe he'll look to get advantage into causing us to sin. A lot of people has got a lot of problems from this little thing right here. For all the benefits, this thing's caught. Let me tell you something to you. This ain't, hey, the number one thing, the weapon of mass destruction, the Bible even tells us, is the tongue. But I think a cell phone might be number two. Stay with me. I'm, I'm trying to help you all with this. If you'll be, I, I, want you to, I want you to start, I mean, maybe you are, and I hope you are, and I just want to, hey, if I'm pounding on a nail, it's already in there, I hope it drives deeper and stays in there more. I want you to grasp this. We need to be careful, not only to sin, but think about the ways that our devices can keep us from service. It's not that we're not doing anything, which I'm going to address in a second, but it's that we're just not doing the things we should be doing. You know, we get... I ain't looked at the calendar yet, but I've preached on Super Bowl Sunday. I don't know, maybe my whole ministry. I, I, I don't. I, they get every. I get it every single time. Super Bowl Sunday. And listen, I'm an Eagles fan, and they're going. They're going probably in the Super Bowl. But I'm gonna still preach against it because I'm gonna be, guess where I'm gonna be at. I'm gonna be in church, 
And if I'm not preaching, guess what? I'm going to be in church. And let me say something to you. I can catch a score after the game. Even though you don't even have to like football, that's fine. But let me say something to you. I'm going to be in church because that's God's will. God's will for me to be in church. But how many people are home tonight? They got a device, an iPad, a TV, some, some, something they're watching, something they're participating in or whatever it may be. And they're not serving the Lord. They're not here praising Him. They're not here worshiping. And if you're, hey, listen, if you perhaps to tune into this message, shame on you, good neighbor. We expect you to be here. Y'all expect the pastors to come. Well, we expect the congregation to come too. And let me say something. God expects us all to be here. But think about this. If we're not careful, the schedule on this thing, our devices will pull us from the things we need to be doing. Everybody, if I, if I said this, y'all would all raise your hands, and if you wouldn't, you're a liar, and the truth ain't in you. That you've missed praying, reading your Bible, going to church, doing something, because something had you attached right here. We all have done that. We all have done that. But lastly, not only to sin and, to, and from service, well, what about to sloth? Y'all say, what? I'm not talking about the animal, although it's a good picture. The word sloth means lazy. You know what it pictures? Doing nothing. Some people, their devices lead them to do nothing at all. I'm, I'm not against days where you just lay around and rest. God rested on the seventh day, even though he didn't have to. It's good to rest. We ought to have days of rest. But the Bible tells us, listen, we can't rest seven days a week. Talking about, what about, it just, we get to the place where literally our devices just get us to do nothing. And we don't do anything. That's a real thing. The, the, I mean, the, the Bible has all kinds of, uh, all kinds of teachings on being slothful. Being lazy, spiritually. That's what I'm talking about here, but I mean most likely uh, that, that you find it will affect all parts of your life. But here's when we get to the points. In these, here's what I want you to realize. Our devices connect us to the world. They got avenues of good and bad. What we see, as I told you in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, what we see, what we read, and what we hear impact us. And the devil will use our own devices against us with things that are not only sinful, but things that are not scriptural. I'm not just talking about those things that are just downright wrong that, that you should not be doing. But there's things out there that are not scriptural but are guised under the religious or cultish things. I want you to think about what Paul said in Colossians 2 and 8. He says this, he says, I'm only turning it the whole scripture here. Colossians 2 and 8, Paul writing says this, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Now, you say, why is this important? Because it says beware. Door knocking, first thing I'm looking for is that black sign with the white outline and the bright red letters. Normally, it says, uh, normally it says no trespassing. 
But there's one of them that I really take notice of, and it says, beware of dogs. Can you all grasp that in your mind? So if you had this in your Bible, if we were to change the colors, it would be in orange font with the black background around, and it's saying, stop right here. Paul's talking to believers right here. He's talking to believers, and he said, stop right here. Look at the fence. Hold on a second. The word beware means to restrain or to guard oneself from. What Paul's saying is, keep your guard up, lest someone spoils you. That word spoil means to lead away captive through philosophy and vain deceit. Philosophy, I like this, I got this definition, and, and, and I like this, and it's man's thinking apart from divine revelation. Everything that goes under that is saying, anything man can conjure up that, 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 that didn't come from God, that's philosophy. Listen to me. You got a social media account? Get on there tonight and say, hey, can y'all tell me how I ought to live my life? And everybody will have an opinion. They'll t- Listen, sometimes you don't even ask for it and people will tell you the things they don't like about what you're already doing. Let me say something to you. If you post on social media and you get your feelings hurt, let me say something to you. You probably ought to just get rid of your account. That, that ain't a play. Let me, listen, people don't get on there. Let me, I, I, I used to use it and share scriptures and things like that and my account got locked up when I baptized my phone in the pool. But I'll say this to you. People get on there. You know, there's people out there just want to fight. They just want to debate you. Don't get pulled into that stuff. Don't, don't get pulled in where they pull you in, then you get out of character and say something a Christian ought not say. Get mad, because let me say, everybody else sees it. Oh, y'all see them down in Roxalana? Man, they getting mad on them Facebook posts. You, the world's watching. That's what this another thing is. That's the reason the devil, listen, it'll, it'll harm the effectiveness. That's what Paul was worried about in this church here. Y'all don't bring it back. It'll cause problems. They already had problems from the sin that was there. But Paul's saying, listen, if y'all don't receive them and forgive them, listen, you're going to have more problems. Satan will do that. And that one time you say something, well, listen, we've all, we've all failed there. There's people that I'll never have the effectiveness I ought to have because of the way that they saw me one time. One time in the flesh. And they think, that's your preacher? Don't worry, they'd say the same thing about you. But I'm just being real tonight. Philosophy is man's thinking apart from divine revelation. It's the wisdom of this world, not true wisdom of God. It's often wrapped up in this. You, and here's where you say, well, you and Tom, y'all preach about this all the time, about this apostasy and everything and all this false doctrine. Can I say something to you? Because it's real. I'm going to show you some scriptures and let me say something to you. The reason that we take a stand that we do and there's certain things you may not understand is because we are supposed to be watching and protecting. That's what God has called me, Tom and Greg, to do, to watch and protect. But it's often wrapped up in a false religion heresy or some secular philosophy that our devices provide the opportunity to hear these things. Vain deceit is empty delusions. It's teachings that are worthless with no eternal value. You know, get on there and look. There's over, there's over 4,000. I can't even remember the number anymore. I'll Google it later. There's over 4,000 religions in the world. 4,000 there's still just one salvation. 
Hey, you only, hey, for Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That ain't changed. But do you think about that right there? Everybody's got a, a, a something they're, everybody's worshiping, but most of them ain't worshiping the one true God. But there's all kinds of teachings out there that people are following that are worthless when they come to eternity. You say, well, preacher, I'm already saved. Let me say something to you. The devil can't get your soul. You've been sealed. Thank God, I'm glad that, hey, the God that saved me is the God that's keeping me. I mean, listen, I know my name's there, and I'm not, and it's not because I'm living or because I'm preaching or because I'm doing these things. It's because of what Jesus did at Calvary. Because the eternal work where he shed his blood on the cross for my sins and on the third day rose again, that's why I have security. That's why I'm saved. That's why I know I'm going to heaven because I didn't get myself saved and I didn't keep myself saved. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that God has declared me righteous before him. My standing can't change. But my state can get a world messed up. And the devil will do anything he can to get you out of the will of God. And we're in a day of apostasy, a day where man has turned from things. And we see here Paul is telling us the tradition of men and the rudiments of this world. That's man's natural thinking that's passed along by culture and tradition. And any of these teachings that are not after Christ will spoil you. I'm almost done. 1 Timothy 4 and 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Notice this. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The word seducing means enticing from the path of virtue. Every single one of us sitting in here tonight The devil's trying to seduce you out of the will of God. If you're here tonight and you're lost, let me say something to you. The devil's trying to keep you from getting saved, getting in the will of God. Go over 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. He's blinded. He's blinded you. God wants to save you. You're here tonight and you're lost. Let me say something to you. Christ died for your sins to save your soul eternally. That's why he came. The Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. He didn't have to come to condemn us. We was already condemned. He came to save us. And he wants to save you tonight, friend. You're in here tonight. He wants to save your soul. And he wants you to live for him, and he'll help you to do that. But there's an enemy that's trying to keep you from getting saved. And there's an enemy. If, let me say, nobody in here is excluded. Don't think, don't think your age excludes you. Don't think your maturity in Christ. Don't think because you've served God before. Don't think because you're a preacher, you're a board member, you're a choir member. Don't think because you tithe here, you're a member of this church. That, that, that exempts you from being the devil trying to pull you away from the will of God. Every single one of us. Every single day. Seducing spirits. He's trying to pull us out of God's will. There's all kinds of people that used to be on fire for God that ain't on fire for anymore. We all, we, every single one of us know people. Some of us, that's been us at times. We were the one outside of the doors. I thank God for, I thank God for His grace. I don't deserve anything that God's given me. I'm so thankful that He's a gracious God. Because I spent many years out of the will of God. He'll pull you out. Seducing spirits. What he's talking about, that departing from the faith, that's a willful apostasy. That's where we're in. You see, y'all talk about it all the time because we're living in it. 
We don't want you to get yoked up and, and hear some, listen, some preacher that has a better delivery, that has a, a better, uh, you know, looks better, doesn't sweat, doesn't yell, all these things that, that you and I are. And, and, and think about all these, uh, he could say all these things, but they, they have something they say. They'll tell you a little bit of truth. Enough to make it sound good. But it's attached to a great big lie. You can go over in, in, in 2 Corinthians and you can find that Satan has ministers. You say, well, I, Satan has ministers. I could give a list of them that's on TV. I'm not going to. Y'all think I'm kidding, but I'm serious. Thousands of people in churches. I mean, that some of them take up offerings that pay for this church in one service. Don't pass out, Jeff Bishop. Thousands. Never let them know that they're lost. Just say, you know what? God loves you just like you are. Well, let me say something to you. God does love you. But you must be born again. Let me say something to you. Joe Olstein's best life now, your best life now starts at getting saved. Repenting of your sins and trusting Christ. That's not in his book. I ain't read it, but I'm just sure about enough I know about him. It ain't in his book. People believe that stuff. Tied up in it. And here's, You say, why, why are you preaching this to me tonight? Because what we got here is worth protecting. What God's doing in here, doing in some of you. I'm watching people in the class step up and grow. I'm watching God work in you all. I'm watching the love in here. I mean, isn't it good to come to a place where you love? I mean, we know we ain't none of us in here perfect. We all got our faults. We all got our failures. But I'm glad to come to a place where I know people love me. And, 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 and I think about this. And, and, and think about this for a second. We're in the day where people are being seduced and turned to doctrines of devils. 1 Peter 5 and 8. Remember this. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil has a roaring lion. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour the devil's looking for the opportunity to devour you. Listen to enough of the wrong preacher. I say something. We, we listen to things to guard things. We can't be so... We know that there's apostasy, but some of the stuff that... I mean, sometimes I'm speechless when I send him things. Some of the things that come out uh, from what they would call very popular preachers. Oh, yeah. That, that say something co totally contradictory to the Bible, but they got a position. They, they may have a, a, a so they may be polarizing in ways, and people may like. Let me say something. They don't all just say false things all the time, some of them might. I mean, Kenneth Copeland, I don't know if he says anything that, that's right. We laugh, but people send them thousands of dollars every day. Waiting for God to send them a Corvette in their car, in their driveway, and all kinds. Of, I'm talking, but this, you say, why is that? Why does this happen to people? Because they're not testing everything by the book. Let me tell you something. You know what you ought to do with your devices? You ought to be testing everywhere you go, everything you listen to, and everything you watch. And you better make sure it lines up in there. Don't you think, hey... 
I can go see this rated R movie. It won't bother me. One, I believe that's sinful and wrong. But let me say something to you. You listen to cussing long enough, it'll get down the way or it'll come up in the bucket. I mean, I, 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 like, I, I like sports. I mean, uh, I, I don't watch very much of them. I don't get, we don't have cable, but the ones I get to watch, I enjoy. And you know, I've learned I can't watch certain commentators because now in the day we're in, they just cuss all the time. And they may have good insight on things like that, but if you can't, say, if you can't tell me, uh, analyze the game without cussing about it, I ain't got nothing to hear from you. Well, let me say something to you. You listen to them or read after them to do that long enough, that'll get in your well. We've got to test our avenues, our TVs. And this, this is the message right here. We need to be careful. You're not going to be too careful. I'm talking about, I never thought this. I got a seven-year-old, I got a four-year-old, and ne- never in my life did I have to worry about whether or not I had to tell my parents they can't watch that cartoon. Y'all, y'all think, I'm talking about cartoons for sis's age, and they got come in with two mommies and two daddies. Don't think it ain't, and that's coming into the home if you let it. I mean, I'm like, I get paranoid over it. I mean, a lot of times my dad, he, him and Michael, like, they like to watch storm videos and things. And I just tell him, I say, you don't know, sometimes you don't know what they're going to say. I say, turn the sound off. Y'all, y'all think I'm crazy, and it's all right, you can think I'm crazy. But I don't want, I don't want to have to have that conversation of why that is, I'm going to put it off as long as I can. Now, I've already established a lot of things in my home from the biblical doctrine, but there's going to day that's going to come up. That's in cartoons. For babies. It's everywhere. And this is, this service tonight, this service this morning, that's why I don't apologize for preaching doctrine. I know I'm not the best preacher, but here's what I'm doing my best to protect you all. You may not understand it, you may not see what I see, but seeing what I see in this world, let me say something to you, I want to guard every avenue and warn every avenue that I can to keep you from falling off some other path. There's a whole nother world of Christianity that claims to follow Jesus that ain't a bit more saved than than anything. There's a false, listen to me, there is a false Uh, a false Christianity out there underneath the guise of Christ. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. You say, now preacher, now let me say something to you. I'm talking about you better be careful. Not every church preaches the Bible. They may have a cross, they may have a pulpit, they may have things, but I want to say something to you. I want to stick with that word the very best that I can. That's what this message is about. You know why? I don't want to lose this. As a matter of fact, I want more of it. I mean, I want God to be... I prayed this week, all week. I told our class to pray that God will touch us as we sing. Listen to me. I can't operate and we can't operate unless God touches in this place. I can't save you. Listen, I can't help you. If you needed educational help, you ain't coming to me. Listen, I mean, look at me. You ain't going to hurt my feelings. I know what I sound like. Sometimes I listen for about 15 seconds and turn it off. But I know this, God can use us, and I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose what we got here. I want to see it grow into more. I'm not saying we've arrived. I'm not saying we're perfect. That's not what I'm saying. Listen, we're not a per- Let me say something to you. Roxalana Gospel Tabernacle could step it up. 
We'll start right here with the pastors could step it up. I'm ta- we'll stop right here. I could step it up in a lot of areas. We, we, but we're not, some, we're not a bad church. So don't take this negatively. I want to see us grow more. I want to see God move on everything. I love what the Lord's doing. I'm thankful for how he's blessing the things that he's doing. And that's why I preach a thing like that because you say, well, preacher, it don't matter. Let me say something to you. In one year, if you're not careful, something like this, man, you might not be here. Right here. It's an open gate. It's an open gate. I'll leave on this illustration. Bev, you you come on. Jerry, you come on. If you knew, as a parent, that's just the way I relate to this, if I knew we were going to walk out them doors or they were going to open them doors and there was a, a grizzly bear out there, I would do everything I can And listen, I'd have my hands full with sis trying to keep my kids from going out to danger. Would you agree with that? I know that was a kind of a silly illustration. But as as a parent, you can understand you do everything you can, Robert, to, to protect your kids, wouldn't you? We better be the same way about our spiritual walk in our life. Can I say something to you? Our spiritual walk involves it involves all parts of our life. How many of you are saved tonight? Raise your hand. Let me say something to you. Do you realize that you're saved all the time? You're a Christian all the time. Whether someone's watching, whether they ain't watching, whether you're at home, whether you're at work, whether you're Kroger, whether you're Walmart, don't matter where you are, you're a Christian. And because you are... It's worth protecting. I believe with all my heart, I'm speaking for Greg and Tom, and I know I'm right in this. Our earnest desire of our hearts is for God to use us to help y'all grow and live in God's will. You're here tonight and you're lost. You may not know anything about me, but let me say something to you. My desire of my heart is to see you get born again and, and, and get in this church and serve God and live in the will of God. That's my desire. I want to see that. And God's glorified in that. I want to see God get glory. But we need to be careful about our own devices. Because Satan will get in our minds and he'll get in our hearts if we're not careful Christians with the things that we are open to.